Welcome to Offended, presented by the Anything But Credible Network. It's your boy, Tricky, alongside Katie, Katie, Naked Lady. What's up, bitches? I'm in a good mood today. I'm in a great mood. Let's see how you fuck it up today, Katie. Uh, I'm sure I will. Never seems to fucking fail. Welcome to Offended. It's just phenomenal. I get to... I think the reason why I'm so happy this week, I get to go to a fucking blues game on Saturday. Let's go. Knowing my luck, well, a player will test positive for COVID or something, I won't be able to go. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much as your luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rough and Rowdy tomorrow night, well, tonight, by the time this episode comes out, Rough and Rowdy tonight, Jose Canseco versus Billy Football from Pardon My Take. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be hilarious. I don't know if it will be hilarious. Oh, I think it's going to be fucking hysterical. I think it's going to be absolutely hysterical. And then on Sunday, we got the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. TB12, the GOAT versus the up-and-coming GOAT, Patrick Mahomes. I'm good with either team winning. Selfishly, I want the Chiefs to win because, you know, Missouri sucks. And so as as much good publicity as Missouri can get is a good thing. And also, fuck the Patriots. Right. So I don't I don't care. I literally don't care who wins. I would love that. This is like one of the first times like in a while, probably ever, that a lot of people like football fans are like, it would be kind of cool to see Brady win. Just to Definitely. say, just to give like a fuck you to Belichick and the Patriots. Yeah, they should have paid him what he wanted. Yeah. They should have kept him. Yeah. I'm obviously myself. Brady's my all time favorite football player. Got to pull for him. Him and Marshall Falk, I should say. Top two all time favorite football players. Got to pull for him. For sure. Mm-hmm. And actually, who am I kidding? My all-time favorite football player is the throw-in Samoan. Uh, I, I already forgot his name, but Kaka. <laughs> Temu? Temu? How... Was he our quarterback? Yeah. What was it? Was it Temu? I think that's what it was. I have no idea. I, I, can't I didn't remember. get to go it's to one so fucking long. game. I didn't get to go to one. I bought two games worth of tickets. Yeah, that sucks. I and I so didn't get excited. to go. I know. I was so excited to bring you, too. Um. But anyway, the big news of the week. We're just going to start it on off with this. We're not even going to wait till the end. Let's just start it off with this. Holy shit, the Forbidden Door has been opened. New Japan Pro Wrestling has arrived on AEW. And on New Japan World, they showed the ending to AEW Dynamite. Oh, they didn't show it on AEW? What? No, I'm saying they're showing the ending from Dynamite on New oh, Japan. Oh, they brought. I was like, didn't we watch the ending? Because no, I know I watched it later it's than you. It's completely official. They are working together. Um,. New Japan even showing like what happened is just all the more like stuff you need. Um, Kenta from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and for those that aren't familiar with Kenta, his name was Hideo Itami in WWE for his uh, several years. He was with WWE until he asked for his release because he didn't like it. He was never on. He was only on Two Hundred Five Live. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's like one of the best wrestlers like in the world. So he was the best one to come out and be like, fuck you, America. He was like the first one. <laughs> fuck you, WWE. Yeah, he was like kind of the first one that was like, I just want to go home. Like, I just want to go back to Japan. Because he I'm at least not doing gets anything. featured and in it, Japan. His run in NXT was good from the start. 
Um, he tag teamed with Finn Balor in NXT at the very beginning. Then he got hurt, which put him like out for like a year, which oh, wow. sucked. Then when he came back, he was like a badass wrestling for the NXT championship. Then they called him up to Raw, and they literally did nothing with him. They did nothing. And then he showed up on 205 Live, and I was just like, this is what you're going to do with like legit one of the best wrestlers like in the world. Him and Daniel Bryan have classic matches in Ring of Honor. Like, classic matches back in the day. Like, they beat the shit out of each other in these matches. Mom, we all love Daniel Bryan, so... Right. So, uh, yeah. The world has changed. The wrestling world has changed. Like, forever. This is insane. Do you think WWE had any idea that this was happening? No. Do you no. think like anybody leaked it to them or nope. anything? I don't think I don't think anybody knew. Don Callis must be protected at all costs. Thanks to Don, <laughs> thanks to the invisible hand Don Callis. He was the one that got Chris Jericho to leave WWE to come to New Japan to wrestle Kenny Omega. If that never happens, AEW never becomes a thing. That jump started everything cuz Jericho was like, "Whoa, we can He's like, I have it. so much freedom over here. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is crazy. That jump-started everything. That gave, like, that gave the Young Bucks and Cody, like, the balls to be like, we're going to put together our own show called All In. We're going to go All In just to prove you guys wrong that we can sell this out. And they sold it out within uh, 20 minutes. Insane. That night is when they met Tony Khan. When Tony Khan was like, I have an idea. Are you guys on board? I've got the money. <laughs> And Tony Khan literally said to the Young Bucks, nice to meet you. Are you guys ready to change the world? And then when that New Year's Eve thing hit, the Young Bucks, Cody, Hangman, Kenny, they were all like, look. Remember like when they were like, oh, look, we're doing double or nothing. Cool. Mm-hmm. And Hangman was like, my phone says something different. And he shows in it's AEW. And it's like, what? They're putting together. I'm getting goosebumps. That. And then like Nick Jackson's like, we're changing the world. That comes that is a direct quote from Tony Khan, like after All In. It's awesome. And then Don, how does Don Callis fit in with the rest of it? So Don Callis is best friends, like like mentors, like Kenny Omega growing up in Winnipeg. Like Don Callis is like the reason why Kenny Omega is so big. Don Callis was a commentator for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, he left New Japan Pro Wrestling a little bit after the Young Bucks and everybody else did to go do AEW. He became the executive vice president of Impact Wrestling. So the reason why there's a partnership between Impact and AEW is because of Don Callis every time. Every fucking time. Printer's got to turn off right in the middle of the podcast. It doesn't matter what time we do the podcast. Every fucking time. Every fucking time. Just throws me off. Um, But anyway, yeah, Don Callis is the executive fucking vice president of Impact. And he's still obviously best friends with Kenny Omega. Well, obviously, those two were together and were like, hey, we can do some cross-promotion stuff to Tony Khan. He's like, are you in? And of course, Tony Khan's not going to turn it down, especially during a pandemic when they need to work together right now. Well, and it doesn't hurt to have working relationships with other companies. Right. And Don Callis still does commentary every now and then for New Japan. Oh, and you think that's why New Japan? Yep. And who is the head booker for New Japan? The Good Brothers' best friend, Rocky Romero, is the head booker for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's on the Talking Shop podcast with the Good Brothers. Okay. They're buddies with Don Callis. It literally all wraps around Don Callis. Well, and the Good Brothers haven't signed with anybody, so I'm sure they no, plan... They're, they're signed with Impact. 
Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought they were kind of free agents. No, they're completely signed with Impact, like for three or four years. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, it seems like at first the Impact AEW crossover was only supposed to last for like three weeks. That's been a month and a half. Doesn't seem like it's ending anytime soon now. This might be... This could end with three companies working together all the time now. Well, because it benefits every company. Yeah. Three companies coming together. And I can't forget NWA. The NWA is still working with uh, AEW. Thunder Rosa signed the a- uh, the NWA. Mm-hmm. Like, Serena Deeb is the NWA women's champion, and she signed the AEW. Right. Like... It just means more eyes are on your product. Yep. And uh, it was announced about 10 minutes ago. We're recording this at a five, 5 o'clock on a Thursday. Um, let's see. Where is it at? I sent it to Jim. The ratings came out for AEW and NXT from last night. And remember, NXT had Edge on their show. Royal Rumble winner Edge, which I'm sure we'll get into with you in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, NXT's ratings last night. 610,000. Okay. AEW. 844,000. Oh my, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't more. No shit for NXT with Edge on the show? Yeah. yeah I'm sh- that you know what that says? The fans aren't dumb any that fans aren't buying into WWE shit anymore cuz they knew that he was just going to show up and be like, "I might pick you Finn Balor for WrestleMania. We'll see." Because that's all he did. Oh, it's like, really? I it's didn't like, even know what happened. Yeah, that's all it was. Because he's like, I'm coming here because like, there's a bunch of guys here I want to wrestle. And apparently, what's kind of cool with Edge, I will say this. What's cool with Edge is apparently he's going full-time. He's not going to be a part-timer. He's going to be on every episode of Raw or SmackDown, wherever he goes. He's going to be on every episode and actually be a champion. Unlike Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, part-timers, when they win the title, they're on every the day two after months. after and then... Yeah. Edge is going to be on like every episode and actually probably wrestle on Raw. He wrestled on Raw this past week against Orton. Nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm I'm cool with that. Let's fucking go. Good for Edge. Good for Edge. Edge is like I didn't get my closure. I didn't get my final run like how I was supposed to ten years ago. This is it. This is my final run. This is my. I get one more. This probably. I think he signed three years with WWE. Mm-hmm. So we get three more years of Edge in WWE, which is fucking awesome. We need to see Edge versus Seth Rollins, number one. Because, like, four or five years ago, when Edge wasn't wrestling, he came back for, like, a segment and hosted, like, the Cutting Edge, I think it was, with Christian. And Christian's talk show was The Peep Show, when they always did those talk (laughs) shows. But they were, those two, those were two staples of Raw and SmackDown back in the day. Like, Jericho's Highlight Reel or Roddy Piper's Piper's Pit. You know, it was always, like, a thing. Um they came back, and this was when Seth Rollins had just turned on the shield, and Seth was being pushed as like this monster heel for okay. WWE. And he was with the authority and Triple H and stuff. And this was literally two weeks after um, two weeks after Survivor Series. I was here in St. Louis where Sting debuted. Uh, since Team WWE beat the authority, the authority was fired off TV. Seth grabbed... like. Seth beats up Seth the Big Show, Kane, and somebody else. They beat up Christian and grab Edge by his neck and hold Edge on the mat, like with 
Seth's like foot on the back of his neck. Like, I'm going to break his neck, Cena. I'm going to break his neck if you don't give me what I want. And he's like, it's awesome. It's one of the coolest, is one of the best segments ever by a heel ever. Because you're just like, oh my God, I want to see Rollins just get his ass kicked so bad now. <laughs> and Cena's like, stop, stop. What do you want? What do you want? And Rollins is like, you know exactly what I want. Reinstate the authority now or I break his neck. And, oh, shit. And he's like, and Cena's like, okay, fine. You got it. You got it. I reinstate the authority. Authority's back. And Rollins is like, yes. Thank you so much, Cena. Thank you so much. And the best part about this whole segment, Rollins is like celebrating, going, yes, yes. And he goes, ah, oh, Cena, you're so stupid. You know I'm just going to kill him anyways. And he runs off the ropes to do the curb stomp, and Cena flies in the ring and tackles him before he does it. Oh, it was, shit. It is so well done. It is so well done. So we need Edge versus Rollins. Like, need, Rollins needs to get curb stomped. Yeah. We need Edge versus Rollins. We need Edge versus Styles. Edge versus Finn Balor would be awesome. Edge versus McIntyre. Edge versus fucking Roman. Uh, Edge versus Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Pete Dunne. Like, the possibilities here are fucking endless. We get so many dream matches with Edge, and Edge is still... He's in probably the best shape he's ever been in. Like, this is insane. Like, we get Edge. I know we got off topic from the AEW thing. But I'm just so excited for Edge. <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> He's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Like, it's just I've never in the never in a million years would have ever thought he would be back wrestling because triple neck fusion surgery is no fucking joke. No, like, no fucking way. It's like I don't even think you can like ride roller coasters or right. Well, you know <laughs> go how on bumper cars. I don't know. You know how like he figured out like his neck was fine to wrestle again. No. He was bike riding with Sheamus one day, like two or three years ago and he crashed his bike and like flipped over his bike and like had like a nasty like fall yeah and Seamus came running over he's like oh my god are you okay and he's like yeah I'm fine just scraped up my arms a couple bit and he's like it's weird my neck feels fine like I don't feel anything doctors told me like if I fell hard like that I would feel something he's like I don't feel anything and he went to the doctor and the doctor's like I can't believe this like your neck is completely fine that's insane. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going in. Like, of course, Edge being Edge, he's like, I can wrestle. Like, I'm doing it. Yeah. Like, no hesitation. And then that's when he came out at SummerSlam, speared Elias, and then went away and then came back at the Rumble. Awesome. Back to AEW, though. <laughs> the Forbidden Door has been open. Um, New Japan said that they would never work with, like, American companies on, like, American network television ever after WWE screwed them over in the mid-'90s. And I just find it so fitting that it's like, that's why they always called it the Forbidden Door, because it's like, it's never going to be open, never going to be open. And I just find it so fitting that they're like, oh, we're going against WWE? Fuck it. We'll open the door for you guys. Like, <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> so now we could potentially be getting Kota Ibushi, IWGP heavyweight champion and IWGP. IWGP Intercontinental Champion, uh, former tag team partner of Kenny Omega, real life uh, best friend, lovers maybe. Um, against that ever Kenny been Omega, confirmed? I think it kind of has, like, not like really publicly, really. I just want to know if they like are dating. I think they were. I mean, they would kiss all the time on screen, like. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. I know, but um. I'm almost positive that they were. I think that's so cool. Um, and remember at StarCast when Kenny was like, I just miss Kota, and he got like emotional about it. He's like, sorry, I just really miss Kota Ibushi. Like, well, yeah, it's his best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I honestly, okay, my prediction, if we do get Kota Ibushi, um, I have a feeling that evil heel Kenny is going to not be so evil once Ibushi comes back. See, this is what I think. So um, I think the story is going to be like Ibushi's going to be disappointed in Kenny Omega. Yes. And he's like, what are you doing? Yes. And that's, that's what Omega's going to be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, please forgive me. And Ibushi's just going to be like, no. And it's, Omega's going to fucking snap and beat the shit out of Ibushi is what I think is going to happen. Oh, I hope not. I think it's going to be those two against each other. Maybe. That would be fucking Have they ever awesome. been against each other? Yeah, a couple times. But I uh, I want to say that Omega beat Ibushi finally right before he left New Japan. I could be wrong. I can't, I can't remember if he ever pinned him. But I know Ibushi, every time they wrestle each other, Ibushi always won. Like, Omega never beat Ibushi. So, I don't know. But it's just insane. The possibilities that we could have. Jay White in AEW. That guy, the Switchblade, is fucking awesome. Get the rest of the Bullet Club over together again. Fucking maybe do the Civil War like the way they actually wanted to do the Civil War like three years ago when New Japan's management got in the way of like their booking and the Young Bucks were basically just like, fuck it, we're not going to continue the story anymore. Right. Um, it's just so much. There's just so many dream matches now. They're just, the door is open. It's unbelievable. Like, I, this is what a time to be a fucking wrestling fan. What a fucking time to be a wrestling fan. This is insane absolutely fucking insane the royal rumble was awesome this past week raw was actually decent this past week aew's beach break ending was just mind-blowing i just cannot believe that this is a sting is in aew like holy shit this is what a time what a fucking time and we're getting finn balor versus pete dunn for the nxt championship at the next takeover that match is going to be fucking insane i'm excited so much wrestling. Gearing up WrestleMania season is on another level this year. I and guess it's not so. even because of WWE. <laughs> They're just uh, reaping the benefits. They are. Um, I will say this. Uh, I normally don't really give a shit too much about like the ratings. I think a lot of people on Twitter look into it way too much. I will say after last night's ratings, though, I think this is the one time you can actually look at the ratings and be like, all right, something's got to change. WWE needs to either figure out a different way to book their shows or pace their shows a little differently. or Because you had Edge on NXT, and AEW still basically killed them in the ratings. Without any surprises being um, with broadcasted right. prior to the show. Right, or... with uh, AEW finishing third overall in the demos. Uh Last night, uh, NXT finished like 50th. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I just think it would be better for wrestling for NXT to move to Tuesdays. Because let's be honest here. The people that are watching these shows, you take those viewers and you mash them together. That's basically your overall viewership for Raw or SmackDown. Right. Those are basically just your wrestling fans right now. A lot of casual wrestling fans don't watch wrestling right now because they can't watch wrestling without fans. Like, that's – it is hard. I will say there's times where I've been caught myself. I'm like, man, this match is great, but having no crowd there is sucks. It sucks. You need you need that crowd atmosphere. Um, but I just think for the betterment of wrestling as a whole, I think NXT needs to move to Tuesdays 
keep AEW on Wednesdays. Uh, so I think your revenue would be a little different. I think you, the companies would both bring in more money, get more eyes on the product. Um, right now, I just it's it's not like the Monday Night Wars. The Monday Night Wars, each show is bringing in millions and millions and millions of like viewers each week. Right now, they're they're not even hitting a million. And I think if you split them up, you hit a million both nights. Probably, yeah. Which means you're going to make your company more money. You're going to bring in more eyes to the product. Uh, the casual fan doesn't have to pick and choose what to watch. Even if they don't know like what's going on, they're like, oh, it's wrestling. On Wednesday nights, like, oh, it's two wrestling shows. Which one do we watch? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Sting's on this one, so I guess I'll choose this one. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's none of that. So, I don't know. We'll see. I I just can't see USA being happy with NXT not hitting their demos. There's no way they're making a profit off Making their money back in right. any way, shape, or form. There's no way. There's just no fucking way. It's not good business either. And if Vince McMahon is the as good of a businessman as he is, he should be smart enough to move NXT to Tuesday nights. Nothing's on Tuesday nights. You got Impact, and that's just on Twitch and Access Television. Not a lot of people have Access Television. Well, and it's hard to get to. And right. If... if an easy wrestling show is just on USA or something. Then right. And another thing we didn't talk about last week, uh, we're going to talk about now, uh, WWE sold the WWE network to Peacock for a whopping $1 billion. It's just insane. Vince McMahon, as much as I don't like him for, let's see, I can't even say that. I can't even say that. Cause without Vince McMahon, we don't have people like stone cold. We don't have the rock. We don't have Shawn Michaels. Like, the Undertaker. Vince McMahon is a fucking genius. He is a fucking genius. I may disagree with what he's doing currently, but without Vince, the world of professional wrestling may not exist the way it does now. Right. It wouldn't be as televised right. as broadcasted. As... So I can never fully hate Vince McMahon. Without Vince, my love of professional wrestling doesn't exist. That's just a fact. Um, he is probably one of the best businessmen ever. In terms of really making something up on his own, he turned his own, his father's company into a billion dollar empire. Like he's insane with what he. It's insane how, these mm-hmm. deals that he's been pulling off. The Fox deal on Friday nights, that's insane. The Peacock move is insane. He's just making a shit ton of money, right? And he's not making like, and it, these aren't bad deals e- either. Both Fox was two billion. Peacock was one billion. Like, well, and it's not necessarily that he's making these deals because he needs the money. He's making these deals because right, and there's opportunity to make deals. Right, and the WWE Network has over 200 million subscribers. So, in a way, they feel as if they peaked as a subscription company, and they really have. You have to really think about it. They probably really have peaked. So, how do they do this? Uh, now they introduced tiers. They were like, here's a free version. Here's a $5 version. Here's a $10 version. We, um, I've always paid for the $10 version. So that's always what it was from the start with the $10 version. You get everything. Uh, once they migrate over to Peacock, you don't have to change anything. You actually now get Peacock premium. So what I love about this deal that they signed with, with Peacock premium I don't have to pay Peacock any money because it's already being taken care of through WWE, which means now I can watch all these soccer games and all these hockey games for free that like you have to pay for previously with premium with a premium account. 
Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's like more condensed, I guess. Right, exactly. So you're going to be... The only thing is, I will say this. If I... Peacock right now isn't user-friendly. Like, if you type in Amy Poehler, like, Parks and Rec doesn't come up, which I think is weird. Oh, that is weird. Or Saturday Night Live. Like, any, like anything that she was in doesn't come up. So, with the WWE Network, if I type in, say, Edge, all of Edge's, like, every single thing that Edge has ever been in pops up. Everything. That will, that's where WWE wins me. Because it's like, this network, this subscription is awesome. So, I hope that when they switch over... You can click on WWE and it maybe keeps the interface of the network. Or maybe they borrow some of that technology and apply right. it to the rest of their right cat their library. I don't know. Right. Um I just hope I just hope that you don't I hope we don't lose a lot of the stuff that's on it too. Like all the old pay per views and stuff. I love going back and watching like old pay per views. The documentaries and everything that's on there. Why would you think you would lose those? Because it's so much content. Like, it's so much content. But wouldn't more content be better for Peacock? Right. It would but, make it more valuable? But it depends on their interface, like how everything's going to work out. So, like, if you go to Saturday Night Live, you can go, like, to the seasons and stuff, but you can't, like, go, like, you have to go into a certain season and find, like, the best of, like, Will Ferrell or something. You can't just... Oh. It's okay. not, like, it's not easy to find stuff on there is what I'm saying. That sucks. Yeah, so I hope I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they do it. I am. Um, I don't know. So one thing I'm nervous about. So one thing I'm very nervous about. But we'll see. We will see. Uh, also on beach break last night. Uh, I'm trying to think. Not a whole lot happened last night. I was actually complaining the gym about how I was like, this is probably one of the weaker episodes of Dynamite I think I've ever seen. Like it was just weak. <laughs> And then I, when I was kind of rewatching it with you yeah. last night, the first hour is really good. The, uh, the tag team battle royal I thought was good. I was really expecting the young bucks to win that and challenge the good brothers. Like we talked about last week. Right. Uh, it ended up throwing a classic AEW when you think something's going to happen. It doesn't happen. The, the young bucks were like the fourth or fifth, the last team eliminated. So there was like four other teams left at the end. So it's like, wow, was not expecting that at all. And MJF and Jericho won the match, which was awesome. Did not see that coming. By fucking over Sammy Guevara. Yeah. If I fucked over Sammy Guevara, I thought Jungle Boy was going to pull it out by himself. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But it was cool to hear Tarzan Boy with uh, with a, with an actual crowd for once. Yep. And like Jungle Boy came out. He's like looking around. He's like, okay. The crowd starts chanting it before like that part of the song comes on. <laughs> it was awesome. I'm like, God damn, this is so awesome. Fucking well done. Well done. We'll get more in the Tarzan boy in a second uh, when we get in the face and heel of the week. Um, but uh, after that, uh, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. Uh, aside from the main event, aside from the six-man tag match, this was the second best match of the night. That match was awesome. Britt Baker has stepped up her game so much in the past like several months. She has become fucking great. Put the fucking strap on her. Really? Put the t- Put the title on her and let her just do whatever because... She is by far the best women's wrestler in AEW at the moment. Yeah, I could see that. And she can cut really good promos. Yes. And... The waiting room segments mm-hmm. are fucking hilarious. Her segment on Dark this past week with Absolute Ricky Starks 
When that was fucking hilarious. They're both dressed as like the rock with the turtleneck and the uh I made the comment when Ricky Starks came out. I was like, Oh, he's full on not even hiding that he's dressing like the rock and then she took off her doctor's coat and I go, Oh shit, she's dressed like the rock yeah. and you go, Oh, they are <laughs> And then they it keep took look- us a second. Yeah, they keep looking at each other like I like your style and they're like, I like your style. And then Tony Schiavone coming in, interrupting like the dad, yeah. like the protective dad. He's like, you see my picture on the wall put, over put there, Ricky? Put that coat back on. Yeah, you see that picture on the wall over there, Ricky? Yeah, that's me. You see the other one? That's me too. All right, we're out of time here. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> What's great, if you rewatch that segment, Ricky Starks has to look to towards the wall a couple times. I think Tony made him pop like a couple times. It's hilarious. AEW just seems like they're such a fun company to work for. You know, like yeah, it's people so aren't loose. Stressed the fuck right. out. It just the show itself feels loose. Like even when they fuck up, like the uh, wedding segment, that was rough. That was rough. That was probably that was probably the worst thing AEW has ever done. I will say that, which sucks because I really like Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford and Bureau and the best friends. But that it was by far probably the worst thing they ever done. But what's nice about it is that it's such a clusterfuck. It felt real though it still felt loose it doesn't feel so overproduced yeah that's what i loved about it um and the what is love chant and then he goes back one more time yeah but what is love yeah but Miro. yeah but what is love and the crowd starts chanting i love how Miro like looks up at the crowd and Miro starts giggling and he's like all right i'll sing along with you and he's a bad guy and then he goes okay shut up <laughs> <laughs> but fun fact uh, Miro, who was previously, obviously, Rusev in WWE, um, he's been involved in two other weddings in WWE. One uh, literally two years ago, just a clusterfuck. Probably worse than the one that we saw in Beach Break. Oh, for sure. Uh, and then a few years, four or five years ago, he had a wedding with Lana on Raw that was interrupted by Roman Reigns. And on that on that particular episode... Rusev is wearing the exact same thing he wore on Dynamite last night. It's I'm like, goddamn Rusev, you're like, he's another person. Miro needs to be protected at all costs. Miro is just awesome. I love Miro, and what I love about Miro that is so such a small thing that he does that I've noticed that a lot of AEW people don't do because I feel like they're not used to the live audience mm-hmm. and like te- and how television works. Jericho does this too, and so does Moxley three guys who were in WWE who are used to like the fan interaction and stuff. Mm-hmm. Miro like stops like three times during his like promos and always like interacts with the crowd or like waits for the crowd to chant does all this stuff. It's the little things like that. It's like people need to like watch like wrestlers need to watch Miro and how he does his promos because he is so good at getting the crowd to interact with them. Or he'll say something that will piss off the crowd. Like a little tiny thing. It's like these loser quiet fans. And then they start cheering and booing him. And he's like, oh, there it is. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Like mark out a little bit. Like he's just so good at doing that. That's one thing about Miro that I absolutely love. Especially, I mean, look at how he got over Rusev Day. He's so good at getting the crowd to, to just chime in. And then last night with the what is love thing. I can totally see Miro start using that every week oh i think that's gonna be his new gimmick because he was kind of like he's like what can i because before in wwe it was always rusev day every day and the crowd i mean how how over was rusev in wwe like how over was he 
He was huge. He yeah. had like calendars. He had like yeah. like the calendar we had was so fucking hilarious. It's like what what's today? He was, Rusev Day. He was the number one merch seller on WWE, and they told him like, oh, we didn't make enough shirts, so we stopped selling your shirt. Right. He like sold it's out. Like, why would you stop, you fucking idiots? And then Vince told him, he's like, oh, they don't like you. They just like chanting it. They also told Daniel Bryan that at first, too, with the yes chance, and then Bryan proved them wrong. Yeah. Old people. Yep. It's because they. it's not their boy. It's not the guy who they want to push. Well, and it's maybe not their product either. Right. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's it, individual. And... Exactly. That's what, they, that's what Jericho have said for so long. It's like they don't like you getting over on your own. They want to be the ones that put you over. Because they want the power they want the credit yeah. they want the right control yep um yeah miro is just so good at getting that and i could totally see him because last night it looked like he started smiling at it almost like there it is yep he found he's like i found it yep he's like i've been waiting he's like they haven't been really chanting anything for me there's we haven't gotten like a rusev day thing that clicks he's like i think i just got it <laughs> it was totally because he looks up like bingo found it yep um then let's see what else happened uh, a lot of the stuff after the wedding was a lot of filler i feel like i can't even remember like what happened after that uh the sting darby segment uh in the beginning was great also with ftr that feud is just good that feud is just solid that's just solid booking and i love how ftr is banned from the building right now so all their promos have been outside of the dailies place and stuff i think it's just just smart it's different it's unique well they're setting up for a cinematic right. match. Like a street fight, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did happen on Dynamite last night? I think that was about it. Yeah, maybe. There was something else that happened in between the wedding and the main event, I feel like, and I just can't remember what it is. Like I said, there was a lot of filler in that the six-man tag at the end, uh, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega versus John Moxley and Pac, or Pac and Ray Phoenix. That match was just great. Ray Phoenix, holy shit. Like, Stout, Stoutsy... Texts me every week after a Ray Phoenix match, and he just goes, I can't wait to play as Ray Phoenix in a video game. I can't wait to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just great. Um, oh, it was the hangman, Matt Hardy. Oh, you were not going to let that go. What? <laughs> Couldn't figure out what it was. There's was something else. No, that was in oh, the... Oh, that wasn't even was, it? No, this is all like I told you. The first hour of Dynamite was good. And then it was like the second half, just when they hits the wedding and on, it just felt like it just like something happened. I don't know. But uh, but that's good. And it seems like that they're going to keep mixing Hangman with other people. Like, I feel like they're going to do exactly what they did with the Dark Order and Hangman with Matt Hardy. Where mm-hmm. He's just going to be like, I'm not joining you. And he's going to go to somebody else. Somebody else is going to try to get him to be a team. He's just like, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm just going to wrestle. I'm going to do it. And then he's going to see the Young Bucks get like destroyed by the Bullet Club, by Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. And that's where I'm calling it. That's where Hangman's going to jump in. Hangman's going to beat Kenny Omega to win the AEW world title. He's going to be happy again. He's going to rejoin the Elite. Okay. That's perfect storytelling. That is... Probably, if it pans out to be like that, this will be the greatest wrestling storytelling of all time. So how it's gone on for three years. It's been a while. Like, this is this is picture-perfect slow burn. Keep them away from each other for a little bit. Like, it's so good. It's so good. And fans online are like, Hangman never got his like, redemption story. It's like, yeah, be patient, motherfuckers. It's, <laughs> it's coming. It's slowly happening. They're not writing him off TV. Yeah, it's slowly happening, guys. 
he's in almost every segment, yeah. like or like he's on the blogs. And it's like, blogs. guys, this is like real life. Because if you ever think about it, if you ever go through like a breakup or something like this, like where you have a falling out with a friend, sometimes it takes years for that re- relationship to rebuild and reconnect and like happen again. And then sometimes when it happens again, it's better than the first time because you guys are both sorry for each other. You both are just happy to be back in each other's lives. This is perfect fucking storytelling. Mm-hmm. Perfect. AEW on its fucking game. On its fucking game. Um. Yeah, beach break. Just for that ending, though, with Kenta showing up, you get an A plus in my book. Although, other than that, you would have had a B minus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. Um, Royal Rumble this past week. Um, was that going to be one of your faces? Uh, no. It wasn't your face. No, it's not. Okay, so we'll talk about it real quick then. Uh, I'm not going to stay on it. Last week I said we'll talk about how shitty the Royal Rumble was. Um, and you were wrong. I was wrong. I was, I'm so happy to be wrong. Royal Rumble was great. It was like, great. From start to finish was great. Every match was good. The fucking Carmella-Sasha match was way had was way better than than it should have been. Like That was just awesome. And her Carmella's dive her, through the middle ropes. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I love Carmella. So I kind of miss her. She got really good. Mm-hmm. Like She's gotten 10 times better at wrestling than what she was. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kevin Owens uh, Roman Reigns match was fucking awesome. That match was f- that golf cart. But who, spot. Did it, who did it first? Well, technically, if we really want to be like that, technically, Kane, Raven, and, and Big Show did it first at I'm WrestleMania being, I'm 17. Being a fucking... No, I know. But I'd tell a lot of people online, including myself, were like, well, Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy did it first, and people were like, "Well, technically, Raven and Kane did it first. I'm like, <laughs> technically, they're like, not shit. The first. They did do it first because I love that spot at that WrestleMania too. Like, mm-hmm. um, but the way Owens sells that and like flies through it, he didn't sell shit. He got so. Fucking I'm wondering if WWE just did a great editing job on it because if you rewatch that spot, it kind of looks like the camera jumps up, almost oh. like it was cut, like. Maybe. Maybe maybe not. Maybe um maybe Owens just sold the shit out of it. I don't think he had to sell shit. I think he got robbed. But if you watch it back, Roman like flinches and like puts his arm up like holy shit, that came close <laughs> to hitting me in the face. Like I don't think they were expecting the screen to blow out the way it did. No, and it did. Yeah. Like, holy shit. That match was great. The ending sucked. I will say that. Classic that's the thing. WWE, classic shitty ending to a great fucking match. Like Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio this past year at the Extreme Rules. That dumb fucking eye-for-an-eye stipulation. So dumb. That match was so good until the last five minutes of that match, and you're just like, what are you doing? And that's what everybody remembers. Exactly. Everybody remembers the ending. Just like Beach Break last night. People were complaining about that show being, like, kind of boring. And then when Kenta Kenta came out, Nobody said a word about it then right, after that. Right. Everyone's like, holy shit, the world's ch- the wrestling world's changed. Forbidden door, invisible hand. But anyway, but at least the ending to their last man standing match wasn't as bad as the Rollins Mysterio match. I will say that. Yeah. Either way, uh, that match was great. They beat the shit out of each other. Owens and uh, Reigns have always had good chemistry. Fun fact, they actually wrestled each other for the Universal Championship when Owens was the Universal Champion at, at the Royal Rumble uh, like three or four years ago, and that match was great. And then 
ended with Jericho costing Roman the match and Owens won. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget see. about Jericho and Owens. Oh my god, they were so entertaining. That was, I think that's my all-time favorite Jericho like version of with Jericho. Owens. Yes, that was so much fun. That was so much fun. They just had chemistry together like no other. Because they're both Canadian. Yeah. Hug me! Hold me tight! Oh no, he said that to uh, Sami Zayn when Sami Zayn was hugging him. Owens is just great. Let's let's just say it. Owens is just fucking great. Uh, the Women's Royal Rumble match was even good. Um, I, f- I forgot. Oh, Bianca Belair. Hey, I said it last week. I said it last week on the podcast. I said it fucking last week on the podcast. I feel like somebody from number one or two is going to win the Royal Rumble this year because it hasn't happened in years. And this is true. I said it. I was like, I could see, honestly, both matches happening. I didn't think it was going to be Edge. But um, I was like, I could totally see both matches having, like, really long stuff. And Bianca Belair, with the way she's being booked right now, it seems like they're gearing up for her to come out at number one or two. She came out at three. Right. And as soon as she came out, you go, God damn it. Yeah. Our friend, Mr. Wilson, had number three. He's got, goes, God damn it, Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Bianca Belair, so happy for her. So fucking happy for her. Um, play a quick clip from her. Uh, I'm going to show you um, her parents like set up like a camera of her. Like they, she told her parents, like, watch the Rumble, set up a camera. I'm going to be in the last two. She actually, I think she told them that she was going to lose. Oh, okay. She was like, just set up a camera. I want to see your reaction throughout the whole match. So here's her reaction. Okay, so here is the video live reaction. So yeah, for those if you can't if you haven't seen the video, her dad jumps on like their like table in their living room, like jumping up and down on the table. Like it was like it was like that was his initial reaction was to jump up on yeah. the coffee table. Yeah, there's her mom starts crying, has to take off her glasses, wipe the tears away. Like it's just such a cool it's just such a cool thing. And Bianca Belair becomes uh, the first black woman to win a Royal Rumble match, and she becomes the I th- want to say the second black like wrestler to win a royal rumble match i think there's been one other one. Oh, that's gross i think <sighs> that's so sad that this is like i want to say it's the she's the second um that's could be crazy wrong. that's insane well the rock so yeah i guess so nobody else since the rock and bianca and the rock is half black he's i mean like you know like, yeah um I think am I missing somebody else? Now, now I have to look up the past Royal Rumble winners just because I want to say there was somebody else. Maybe there wasn't because like my brain just keeps saying Bobby Lashley. I'm like, no, it's not Bobby Lashley. Just get out of my brain. <laughs> I just like Bobby Lashley. Get out Speaking of my brain. Speaking of Bobby Lashley, though, um, on the pay per view, he did a good job. 
He was badass without he the headband. Has, he has been. Late. It's I was the, like, man, it's a headband. Was it's just so stupid. It's the hurt business, like the the, the sta- butt pose. The stable that he's in right now is awesome. Like the hurt business with uh, it's Bobby Lashley, MVP, Cedric Alexander, and Shelton Benjamin. Like that that stable is fucking awesome. Um. Yeah, so it's just got to be Bianca and uh, Bianca so and the Rock. That's so fucking sad. Because I mean, good good for them, but like Roman, we should be Samoan. Uh, we should be further than we yeah. are. <laughs> we they have so much talent that's not white that should have had that they should not be the first two. Right. I'm just gonna leave that there. Right. Um, but good for her. Um, and she, I think she tweeted out like, "Way to kick off Black History Month, eh?" Like, oh yeah, it's like that's fucking awesome. Like that's so that makes me so happy that she won. I'd so ha- I'm so happy for her in general because when she got called up to the main roster, she wasn't even on SmackDown or Raw. They had her on like that main event show that's only on like the network mm-hmm. or like it's basically main event. Or is if you go see a Raw or SmackDown main event, it's taped before the sh- Raw or SmackDown begins. Right. It's basically a, a bunch of dark matches. That's all it is. Well, and she's so good and so unique. She's so good. And she's fucking strong as shit, yes. too. She's so good. So fucking good. Um, so I'm so fucking happy for her. So congrats, I guess, to Ryan Wilson on winning the Royal Rumble pool. But more importantly, congratulations to Bianca Belair. That's just fucking awesome. So happy. Uh, thank God Goldberg lost. Drew McIntyre fucking beats Goldberg. I'm so happy WWE is putting stock into uh, Drew McIntyre. I'm so happy for it. Garth, I don't know why he just freaked out and shot up for no reason. <laughs> he bugs me. It, this dog, the way he lays down and sits up, he does it so fast. It's so... Like, you'll just be sitting there in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden you'll just hear... And it's just him just shaking his head on the fucking ground for no reason. He's got an itch. Oh, my God. It's so annoying. But Drew McIntyre, I will say... He's probably the first babyface like champion that WWE has produced in a long time that's like actually good at being a babyface champion. Like other babyface champions have gotten booed or like you know the crowd like turns Roman on Reigns. Them. And maybe the crowd would still turn on him if they had fans there. But as of right now, even online, it seems like people are like really like Drew McIntyre as champion. Well, um, I hope so. Yeah, um, and he's the first like Scottish like WWE champion. Um, Sam. Uh, and then I guess is that everything? Minus the Minus men's, the men's Royal Rumble. Rumble. And on the men's Rumble, uh, Edge that, was number one. Yeah, and they had so funny thing. Katie had number one on WWE backstage the night before. They announced Edge and Orton were going to be one and two, but they said Orton was going to be number one. And I was like, I'm going to fucking totally lose. Yeah, so. This whole time, I'm thinking that you have Orton. Me too. And I'm like, that sucks, because Orton definitely isn't winning. I'm like, maybe Edge. Um, Like, maybe you had a shot if it was Edge. And then the rumble started, and I was actually in the other room, and Wilson goes, hey, Edge has actually won. I'm like, what? Came running in, and I looked at you. I'm like, you have a shot now. I wasn't getting my hopes up, because he's so old, and Mm -hmm. everybody else, like, I'm like, being in number one is a really long time to wrestle. So it actually makes me wonder. Keith Lee, unfortunately, had to isolate himself because his girlfriend, Mia Yim, 
who was part of Retribution, tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. I actually think Keith Lee was supposed to win the Royal Rumble. Oh, shit. Because if Edge ends up pick, the rumor right now is Edge is going to pick Roman Reigns for WrestleMania to go after Roman on SmackDown. Because obviously that's WWE's A show at the moment. Okay. Like, that's their, all their top storylines are on SmackDown. So why not use Edge on SmackDown? Why he's, if he's going to be full-time, why not put him up against Roman? Right. Spear versus Spear, which Spear is better. Fucking throw Goldberg in there too while you're at it. Spear versus Spear versus Spear. Well, Goldberg just won't last very long. No. Um, so it makes me wonder, was this the plan all along? Is Keith Lee versus McIntyre at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship? Because they just had a match against each other on Raw two weeks ago for the title. That was fucking awesome. It was a banger of a match. Great match. That so And Keith Lee just fell short. So it's like, oh, is this his redemption story that he's going to win the Rumble and then challenge McIntyre again and get his redemption, win the title? Aww. Yeah. That sucks. COVID sucks. Yeah. I mean, it sucks for a lot of people who've like... You know what also sucks? Really lost lives and stuff. You know what also sucks thinking about this? What? It would have been two black uh, winners for the Royal Rumble. I know, and that would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been so fucking awesome. I don't know if Um, WWE... I'm not going to give them that much credit. I just think Edge could have had a better story moving out of the rumble and fighting his way to get to Roman. I don't know. That's just me. Um, I just think Keith Lee's Keith Lee's first year on the main roster. He wins the rumble. That's a kick-ass unique story. I don't think, uh, aside maybe from Shinsuke. Yeah. I think Shinsuke is the only one that's like kind of been called up right away and won the rumble, but he, they botched his shit. So fucking poorly. Yeah. Um, but I really think Keith Lee was supposed to win. I really do. Um, it's whatever. Uh, it sucks. I feel bad. I feel really bad for him. I'm sure Mia Yim feels fucking terrible. Yeah, it just sucks Like because that could jeopardize, obviously jeopardized his career mm-hmm. and his future. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that doesn't hurt too bad. Hopefully he like gets it back. And Right. Um, he should be back on Raw, I think, next week. Uh, maybe not. Might be on back on Raw in two weeks. Mm. Um, but yeah, I totally think Keith Lee was supposed to win, uh, especially since Brian didn't win. Because Brian was like last week. I didn't check. This is the first year I did not look at the Vegas odds, so I don't know who was leading the Vegas odds this year. I have right. no idea. I wonder if I could look that up now. Normally, Vegas odds the day of they're spot on. They always spoil the Rumble. Um, the week prior, they had Brian leading. Really? And Keith Lee was second. And mm-hmm. then Edge was third. So, um, let's see. Vegas odds. Well, I, have to, I have to say, though, when Edge won, I w- I'm so mad. I, I won. I'm so mad I did not get your reaction. I'm so mad. Because I got Ryan's. And I just, I don't know. Because what gave me, what gave me the, op- like, the idea to record is I saw you start recording Ryan. So that's what kicked mm-hmm. it in for me. And then right after it happened, I'm like, fuck, I should have got her. Damn it. Yeah, you should have, would have, could have. I screamed so loud. <laughs> so according to this, Daniel Bryan was still leading Vegas odds, and Keith Lee was second. Uh, Edge was fourth, actually. Brock Lesnar was third. Oh, shit. Yeah. So. Uh, Their informant was wrong. <laughs> or maybe wow. they didn't have one this year. They got to do, they have to change something. I mean. Um, 
they have to change something. And they had the women's one spot on Bianca Belair was uh, leading that with Rhea Ripley right behind her. And, oh, actually, this one says it's different. Uh, the day of the men's rumble, Brian was still leading. Edge was second. So It was closer. Yeah. Um, yeah, all, all in all, it was a great rumble. And Christian came back, and Christian signed a fucking part-time deal with WWE. Did he? I yeah. didn't know he signed a part-time deal. Yeah, he's back. He has a Legends deal, so he can wrestle whenever he wants. And uh, right before he had to retire... He got injured and he was just kind of like he didn't wasn't forced to retire. He was kind of like I'm done. Like I'm just sick. This is my sign. I'm sick of getting like he's sick. He's like I'm sick. Uh, I'm sick of getting injured. He got injured like three times in his last run with WWE, like back to back to back. And he was just kind of like I think he was just fed up with it. So my mom actually had Christian Mm -hmm. as her number, and my parents who don't watch any wrestling. We're watching it at their house, and I'm getting, like, live text updates from them. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are really sitting there watching this. And so my guy, she's making fun of Ed. She goes, your guy looks old. He looks out of breath. He He's so old compared to everybody else. I'm like, stop your trash talking, Mom. Shut up. <laughs> and then her number came out, and it was Christian. And she goes, oh, my guy's old, too. <laughs> Did you tell her it was like that's his, like, tag team partner? Yeah, I said, oh, your guy's not going to win, but he's definitely going to help mine try to win. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um so right before this is back in this is back right before WrestleMania 30, I want to say. So 6 years ago, um Christian I think had just lost the Intercontinental title to Big E. And Christian was always like I'm going to wrestle you again for that Intercontinental Championship someday. And sure as shit, Big E's the current Intercontinental Champion. So when Christian came back at the Rumble, Big E tweeted out, hey, whenever you're ready, son, let's get it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. Like, God, I love Big E. And shout out to the fucking New Day wearing those Brody Lee outfits. How fucking cool. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that. And I fucking brought a tear to my eye when I saw that on Sunday night. Um, they All three of them had Brody Lee on their attire and they had three separate spots on the attire. The top part had plaid to represent the Wyatt family, Luke Harper, Brody Lee. The middle had like dashes through, like red, like dashes through to represent Harper, Blungeon Brother. And then the bottom had the black and gray to represent Mr. Brody Lee. I'm like, that is so unique. Fucking cool as shit. So cool. Like, um, Biggie obviously was best friends with Brody. Um, it was revealed on the AEW Unrestricted podcast that, uh, she, Amanda Huber, his wife, Brody Lee's wife, was having. She didn't want to tell Brody Jr., their son, that his dad wasn't going to make it. Basically, right. So she called Cody and Big E. She's like, "Can you help me break the news to Aww. him?" And this was the day after Christmas. And Big E and Cody, without hesitation, they were like, "Yep, we'll be there." And Cody, like, and she was like, "You don't have to do this." She's just like, "I just have this idea. They, he loves you two the most," and. Cody from Atlanta drove to Jacksonville to do it. Oh wow. Like he got he got in his car at four AM on that morning to get to Jacksonville by like noon or something. Like to just be there for him. That's so and sad. then uh, apparently Sean Spears, Tyler Breeze, and Peyton Royce also all showed up like to surprise uh Amanda Huber and stuff because they were all close 
Peyton Royce is married to Sean Spears. So Tyler oh. Breeze, Tyler Breeze is best friends with Brody and um, Biggie, Xavier, and all mm. them. Um, it's just cool. The New Day have to be the the three coolest people ever in wrestling history. Like on a human stance, like, on a human stance, and on like their friendship and mm-hmm. all of that. Like, aren't they broken up now though? Um. No, they're still together. Like, what I think is cool about them is that during every pay-per-view, they show a segment of them hanging out together because Raw and SmackDown rosters are together on pay-per-views. So it would make sense for them to just be, like, hanging out together. Right. Which I think is it's brilliant. It's Honestly, it's brilliant. Obviously, it's going to take away from the big, like, oh, they're back together moment. But mm-hmm. once you start traveling again, it's I think it's going to be different anyways. It is going to be. Um, but no, Xavier and Kofi are tag teaming still on Raw right now. Biggie's just getting his like singles push going. Okay. I, I'm going to put, I'm going to call it Biggie possibly wins Money in the Bank this year. I could see it. Mm-hmm. I could see it too. Um, I'm going to read a tweet that Sami Zayn said about Brody Lee today because it was just, I mean... Man, this, I love this so much. So somebody was like, share um, share memories about Brody Lee. What was your favorite uh, memory about Brody Lee? And Evil Uno started off with saying, one time Brody Lee mysteriously appeared at a pit stop we stopped at. Instead of coming to say hi, he ran across a crowded cafeteria and started a hockey fight in another jobber, like a WWE <laughs> guy. Um, and then Sami Zayn took that and said brody and i would hockey fight backstage all the time we would chirp at each other using the word bud a lot what's up you fucking bud? what's up bud fucking asshole <laughs> but he's be like we'd chirp at each other using the word bud a lot and then exchange cross checks drop imaginary gloves grab each other's collars and lay in short jabs usually it always ended with him tagging me two or three times and me laughing and i would just say ow brody what the fuck <laughs> but um man i miss brody lee um yeah, anyway, the Royal Rumble, solid show. I mean, by far, by far was the best, was the best WWE show they have had during the pandemic. Like, there's doesn't even compare. And that might be one of WWE's best shows they've had in the last, like, three years, honestly. Probably, yeah. Really good. Really, really, really good. And it seems like they're finally kind of started lis- starting to listen to the fans a little bit. Yeah, and giving the fans what they want. Or it's just Daniel Bryan just booking his thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's basically it for your wrestling talk this week. We I mean we want well, close to an hour. hour. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot it was a lot to the, uh, cover this week. A it lot. was. A lot of shit happened. A lot of good shit happened. Yeah. For that's once. some good shit. And it's good shit on every by every company too. It's not just like one company this week. Every company had something great happen this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess congrats to you. Woo! Three hundred dollars richer. Congrats bitch. to Edge winning bitch. the Royal Rumble. Edge joins a uh, unique class. I think he joins three or four other wrestlers to win the Royal Rumble twice. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, moving on, before we get uh, any further into this podcast, here a quick word for my boys at the Anything But Credible podcast. Well, hello there. Dukes, Keith, and Griff here from the Anything But Credible podcast, a.k.a. the ABC pod. Fellas? Holla. Oh, hello. We're here to let you know that you could be possibly missing out on the best podcast ever created, aside from the Offended podcast, of course, and you don't want to be missing that. Now, what makes us the best? Griff? Uh, yeah. 
Great. Keith, uh, exactly. Look, I'll keep it really simple for you. Crazy people, crazy news, crazy theories, crazy uncredible. That's right. We made that word up. Griff, Keith, say something crazy for him. Quarter Russia wants you to believe in some real. Nice. Look, you can find us just about anywhere that you get your podcasts, especially Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to hit us up on Facebook at ABC Pod. That's ABC POD. Twitter at underscore ABC Pod. And Instagram at ABC Podcast. Check in with us for a new episode every Monday and join the conspiracy to commit stupid. We will see you then and shout out to the offended podcast. Adios. Later, guys. Like you more than a friend. trying to make a bat on purpose oh you uh, did it time wow. for time for face and heel of the week and the reason why i am playing this my face of the week are the edmonton oilers uh they have recently changed their victory song to this song tarzan boy tarzan boy if you listen to the show last week and you're not a wrestling fan tarzan boy was recently the rights to the song were recently bought by aew for jungle boy and jurassic express this is their new theme song fucking great um and now the edmonton oilers this is their victory song and it's so great and people want to say oh aew is not that big motherfucker they just had a fucking professional sports team one of the biggest hockey teams in canada with arguably the greatest hockey player in the world on their team Connor mcdavid their team is now fucking playing tarzan boys their victory song Let's fucking Who's getting go. all the money? Tony Khan? Because <laughs> he bought the rights to that song. Well, no, they don't. <laughs> so the thing with that is they don't They don't have to pay rights to play them at the stadium. Oh, so, okay. Because it's... Not broadcasted through the TV. So what's funny is that a little loophole in this, and you can thank actually Paul Heyman for this. Um, one of the loopholes in copyrighted music playing over the stereo, uh, if you pump... So with wrestling, the music is actually being pumped into the speaker to your TV. Right. So that way you hear it. Like if you listen to a hockey game, you can hear it in the background. That's how you get away with it. So in ECW back in the 90s, Paul Heyman had wrestlers coming out to like copyrighted music like Enter Sandman by Metallica and stuff like that. Um, he actually got sued for doing that. Well, Heyman is a fucking genius. He like rep- I think he represented himself and was like, oh I'm not breaking any laws here. I'm not pumping the music into our speakers. I'm pumping it into the stereos at the arenas. And it's just loud enough that they all yeah, hear. And and because it's in such an enclosed like place, yeah. That's why you hear it so like well. And the judge was like, He's right. Like <laughs> Like we can't do anything. Like this is like if you go to a sporting event, like the we we literally can't do anything. And so Paul Heyman's like, well, found a loophole. It's great. great though. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, Edmonton Oilers are my face of the week and my heel. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Aren't we doing it face and face and heel and heel? Because you yelled at me last week All for right. that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, fine. Go. Go. What's your face? Fucking that the vaccine is finally coming out to people, normal people. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get back to normal fucking life. My parents actually randomly got a vaccine because they live in the buttfuck middle of nowhere. 
And my aunt was like, we've got extra vaccines. Come on up. My mom's like, I went up in my PJs and got myself a vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's cool that it's actually, you know, I understand some people don't want to get it. And, you know, that's your choice. Whatever. I want to I want to go back to normal. So. Right. Give me that fucking shot. Right. Um, uh, Yeah. I I mean, look at Australia this past weekend and. Australia, they had a soccer game, full stadium, close to, I think they said 80, 60 to 80,000 people were there mm-hmm. uh, without masks. They haven't had a positive COVID test in two weeks. Yeah. So I'm, I get that they, I get my, I get why certain people don't want it or are nervous about it or are scared. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. There's a lot of different arguments as to why certain groups of right. people are like, fuck this, I don't trust you. I get that. Right. Me, I want it. So yeah. I'm not judging anybody else for not wanting it. Come back. I want it so my life can go back to normal. I want normalcy to come back. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And for all the people saying like, oh, do you think it's actually going to come back? Yes, it's going to come back. It's going to come back possibly by the end of the year. I will. God, I hope it's not the end of the year. I want it to be back by the summer. I doubt it's going to be the summer. Probably by oh. the end of the year. Um, I totally think it's going to be the end of the year. There's just too much money being lost in this. And knowing our country, it's all we care about. There's no way that we're going to stay closed forever. There's no way. And, uh, I mean, we got through the Spanish flu in the 1920s. Without technology. So. Right. So, um, we'll see. And all the people that are like, well, how are they able to come up with the vaccine? It normally takes years for the vaccine to hit. Well, it's like, hey, uh, you know how much money was pumped into this? Also, the the basic ingredients of the, the basic science behind the vaccine is... Well, has been studied and yeah. has been. I mean, that's been in development for years. Right. They just made a little bit of a modification on top. Well, the, the reason why you, the, this vaccine, though, is coming out so quickly is because the amount of money we are pouring into getting a vaccine. And uh, basically, scientists and doctors are working at a warped speed because they were being funded like crazy. For like flu and like other vaccinations that take years, they don't get the funds that this COVID vaccine is getting. So where they can't work at like accelerated speeds and stuff. If they were always got funded the way that this vaccine is getting funded, we would get vaccines instantly. Yep. Like that's the that's the biggest difference. And so like to the people that are saying like, oh, I don't trust it because it's coming out way too fast. Maybe do some research and like read up upon read up on this because that actually makes a shitload of sense of why we got this vaccine so quickly. It's not because Nobody, it's not because what you, these conspiracy theories of like people think like, oh, they knew for so long. So that's why they were able to work on it. They were already working on it. No, they were, are working on it the way they have been because they're getting fucking billions of dollars into their funding for it. Well, and they just didn't have to come up with that foundation. The foundation right. has been in research for a while right. now. The foundation has, I mean, there was a fucking pandemic task force that Trump did away with, you know, but they were expecting this. <sighs> They were expecting a pandemic for quite a while because right. they knew the Spanish flu was coming, happened, and, you know, they saw SARS and swine flu and Ebola, all of the things that all of the other pandemics have been. Like, there's a pandemic task force that's like, we need to come up with injections and vaccines and all this stuff. So it's like the science is the same. Right. It's just detailed for COVID-19. Right. So. Um that was my face. Nice. Uh, my heel this week is Jimmy Kimmel. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Jimmy Kimmel. Like, for real. Like, what the fuck? He was, like, Kimmel. 
What happened to the man show, Jimmy Kimmel? Where did, where's that guy at? I swear they're not the same person. This is my conspiracy. Somebody killed actually real Jimmy Kimmel, and this is the skinnier clone is not real Jimmy Kimmel. That could be true. <laughs> um, fucking Jesus Christ. Uh, this past week on Jimmy Kimmel Live, he started, like, bashing all the people, like, buying GameStop, like, GameStop funds and or stocks. Stonks. Um, buying, like, all these stocks and stuff. He's, like, these amateur, like, investors. Like, they don't know what they're doing. Sticking up for, like, the hedge funds and stuff. And it's, like... Wow, you douchebag. Like, way to stick up for the little guys here. And <laughs> their then, entire audience is the little guys. Yeah, so. exactly. And it's like, <laughs> the people, like, I just don't get it. And, like, Jon Stewart finally joins oh, Twitter. He's sticking up for, like, the little people, like, the little guys, and being like, hey, like, if you want to buy stock in this and it's working, good. Of course Jon Stewart's sticking up for the little guys. Yeah, and then He's Jimmy... He's the best person ever. And then, what did Jimmy care? I, I need to find the tweet. It got deleted. Jimmy Kimmel deleted this tweet because so many people were just going at him. And it's kind of like, yeah, like, what the fuck were you thinking? Like, what the fuck were you thinking, Jimmy Kimmel? Like... He wasn't thinking. It's so stupid. And, see, like, but I said this to you. It's like, oh, does Jimmy Kimmel have... Um, does Jimmy Kimmel have stocks, probably, and it's fucking oh, up? Oh, he like, lost his stocks. a lot of money, I'm yeah. sure. That's he why had, he got mad. Yeah, that's totally what it is. But he's being a douchebag about it. And this is what he said. John Stewart said this is bullshit because uh, Robin Hood last week. Everybody knows they shut down. They limited on buying stocks, and I agree with Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports has been like, "This is fucking ridiculous." Robin, the CEO of Robin Hood, should be thrown in jail. Because what he's doing is not legal. You, you, you can't, can't stop trading. Right. But he did. Right. For a certain group of people. Yeah. Uh, John Stewart said this is bullshit. The Redditors aren't cheating. They're joining a party. They're joining a party Wall Street insiders have been enjoying for years. Don't shut them down. Maybe sue them for copyright infringement instead. We le- Have we learned nothing from 2008? Love, stew beef. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, this now deleted tweet from Jimmy Kimmel, said... He took that quote, retweeted it, and said, Donald Trump, is this you? Oh, my God. Like, what are you doing, Kimball? What are you? I like you, too. Like, come on. That's such a, like, it's such a thing. Yeah, man. That just, like, depresses me so much. Like, that, like, so depresses me. Like, because he has been so cool for so long. And, like, come on, man. Like, come on. So was everything that you said for the last four years just bullshit, Kimmel? To get ratings? Yeah. Was that all bullshit? I don't know. That just really, really irks me. And he's funny. He's hilarious. And But this is fucking stupid. Fucking stupid. It is fucking stupid. Um, How about this women's hockey player in her locker room breastfeeding? Oh, that's fucking cool. I know. Good for her. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that wasn't in your heel. What? We already talked about it. We oh, talked about we? that for so long last week. Remember? I couldn't remember. No. Remember? That was my heel last week was the Women's Hockey League. Oh, which is, let's not bring it up again. Yeah, which the league is now suspended. Uh, they suspended their playoffs uh, due to like a couple positive COVID tests. Basically, they suspended it right before the playoffs hit because their league isn't big enough for them to keep going. That's so sad. Yep. Yeah. But hey, let's shut out like their biggest supporters and let's shut out their biggest uh, 
potential biggest partners to make money, you know, for the players to actually get paid So a fucking lot. stupid. So windy out today. I know. Our little lights are going. You want to hear what my heel is? Yes. Jen fucking Z. Fuck you. Fuck you, you Tide Pod fucking eaters. They have now decided that millennials are old, okay, because they have all the control in the world and all the opinion, all their opinions matter. Um, and they've decided that skinny jeans are out and that if you wear skinny jeans, you're old. And if you part your hair on the side, you're also old. You should be rocking a middle part. Oh, you're, oh, you're mad about that TikTok. I'm mad about, no, that's, but that's a real fucking thing. They really think that you should have a middle part and not wear skinny jeans because that makes you old. Like millennials are old. Like, bitch, I'm fucking 30. I'm one of the younger millennials, but fuck you. You ate fucking Tide Pods as a kid. You're wearing literally 90s fashion. We did it first. Okay, you're wearing fucking bell-bottom jeans. Next thing to come out is going to be gauchos. I fucking guarantee. You know what? Do you remember what gauchos are? Mm-mm. They're those like, you, well, you didn't go to, did you go to girls were in your middle school? Were girls in your middle school? Yeah. Middle school and high school, they were like black yoga pants but not yoga pants because they were like wide bottom like wide bottom and they were like uh capri length do you know what i'm talking about yeah gaucho pants Mm -hmm. i guarantee you those are coming back i guarantee you yoga pants came back this year Mm -hmm. yoga pants like with the flare bottom not like the skinny jean yogas like fuck you gen z you guys think you're so cool like wait till you fucking graduate (laughs) college just fucking wait till you graduate college just wait the world's gonna fucking knock you on your ass. I love the one. Um, I love the one TikTok where they're like, "Oh, um, what was it? What are you guys like sticking to or whatever?" Or like, "Was your life so hard?" What was the one thing that like they always bring up? And the one TikToker was like, "Well, we also it all kind of started for us at 9-11. Oh we no, no, this and like did all this. It's like yeah, yeah. so it start it starts with a, a Gen Z complaining about a pandemic. And they're like, we're living through a pandemic in our younger years. And all the millennials can, you know, complain I about is 9-11. I do kind of feel bad 9/11. for them because they're not going to know what the fuck to do. Like when No, real life is going to be a fucking... Mm-hmm. I I would feel bad for them if they didn't fucking make fun of my side part or my skinny jeans. Like, fuck you. You guys don't even know, okay? Mm-hmm. So we grew up in the entitled fucking children's generation where it's like, go to college, it'll be worth it. And then fucking we lived through two recessions... A war that's still fucking going on that got started with 9-11. 9-11, the, the Gen Zer was basically making fun of us for like, they're, they're saying their life is harder because they're living through a pandemic when we lived through 9-11. And it's like, but it's so much more than that. Right. It's been so much more bullshit. Right. It's fine. It's cool. But fuck you, Gen Z. I, I can't be friends with you. I thought I could. I thought I wouldn't be so fucking like angry with the younger generation, but I'm pissed. I just can't wait for you all, you all to be 25 being like, oh, 25 so hard. And it's like, yeah, bitch. It's what we've been saying for fucking 15 years. Mm-hmm. There's my rant. Sorry. What That's scares me about Gen Z is that they're growing up. During, so quick. They're growing up in a time of cancel culture Yep. in a way to where... They're going to be offended by everything. Well, they are. But like more than what it is now. Like can like they need to watch some old Robin Williams or George Carlin stand-ups. I think maybe we should start slow. <laughs> maybe like Jim, Fuck no! Jim Carrey. 
is a little bit more tame than Robin Williams. Yeah. Eh. Not really. I mean, if you watch like <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, like there's some racy, even the new Dumb and Dumber. Maybe, maybe we should have him watch uh, movies, you know, like Austin Powers, Dumb and Dumber, that kind of stuff. And then we'll show them the stand-up. Fuck it. Just throw blazing saddles in their face. Oh, my God. <laughs> Such a good movie. Oh, God. It's just so funny. Like, comedy. Like, I mean, Burt Kreischer or Bruce Kreischer. Oh, my God. That was so great when he, he got so mad about that. I'm calling Cody right now. I'm calling what, Cody right what's now. What's his number? I'm calling him. Who said that? Jim Ross? That fucking jobber? See how I threw it back in their face. <laughs> Bert Kreischer, man, is fucking hilarious. I didn't like him at first, but man, he is fucking hilarious. Like, he is actually just funny as fuck. Um, uh, Bill Burr is buddies with him. He has a, Bill Burr has a podcast with them. Bert Kreischer has a podcast with almost every comedian, I feel like. Like, every comedian just loves him. Well, good. That means he's like a... Mm-hmm. You know Van, you know the movie Van Wilder? Yeah. Ryan Reynolds. That mm-hmm. movie is supposedly based on him. Oh, really? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. how much he just loved the party like in college and he never left college. He would fail classes on purpose so he could stay in college. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, And bonus face of the week. Holy shit, the St. Louis Cardinals actually made a move. I cannot believe it. Uh, third baseman, probably the best third baseman in all of baseball, has signed with the Cardinals. Uh, Nolan Arenado. Holy shit. I cannot believe we got Nato. I can't. I can't. I'm, I can't believe it. Did we get we Yachty? Did we get Yachty? Nope, not yet. Uh, See, that's where we're gonna fuck still, things up. Still, well, we re-signed Adam Wainwright. Uh, next is Yadier Molina. We have to re-sign Yadier Molina. If we don't re-sign Yadier, Yadier Molina, I I swear, I will put I will put my hand on some. What I don't trust the Bible. Um, Oh, I don't like the, I'm not religious, so I can't do that. It doesn't make any Your sense. Your AEW wrestling belt. I'll put my right hand on my AEW wrestling belt and say I will not watch one fucking Cardinals game this year. Even if they make the playoffs, I am not watching it, and I will root against the Cardinals for this season if we don't re-sign Yadier Molina. He wants to stay. He wants to fucking the stay. The dude is going to get a fucking statue. He wants statue. to retire. He's going to get a statue. He wants to retire as a Cardinal. Like, let the man just fucking retire right. as a fucking Cardinal. Right. Don't Tom Brady him. Fuck. Don't, don't do the... Well, Pujols left us. Yeah. But don't make Yadier leave us. If Yadier leaves us, I don't even fucking blame him at this point. It's this, been such a fucking shit show. This is the Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina fa- farewell tour this year. This is it. Just fucking give him his money. Yes. Just pay him. Pay him. Pay him. He's earned it. He's, he's fucking earned it. He is fucking. Yeah. And bonus heel of the week. Fuck Morgan Wallen, by the way. Which sucks because I really like his one goddamn song. God forbid. Of course, the one country artist. I find one country song that I kind of like. And this motherfucker is out here throwing, throwing out racial slurs like it's nothing. And now he's been dropped by... Uh, his booking agency has dropped him. He has been suspended indefinitely by his record label. Um, country's music stations have dropped his music altogether. Uh, good for everybody else standing up. Mm-hmm. Good and, for everybody and else. I, and I hate this too. Fuck Marilyn Manson also. Uh, he has also been dropped by all of his record labels. He has been dropped by his agency as well. Uh, apparently, like, he's like violent and like domestic like abuse has come out from his ex-girlfriend and actress, Rachel Evanwood. Uh, several other women have come out against uh, Marilyn Manson 
And former one of his ex-guitar players has said he's a violent dude. Like, he's just violent. So I know you're going to be like, because oh, I know you have, like, the Me Too movement, like, pissed off a lot of people. But this is the positive side of the Me Too exactly, movement. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. the, it gives people the courage, gives women the courage to say, I'm being fucking fucked up no, over here. Is, yeah, no. So I'm I, just saying, I'm just saying, thank God for... Me too. Movement. I'm not saying that. I'm. I know. It's the it's the fucking ones that have been proven false, where their other some other actors or singers' careers have not recovered. Oh, I know. Oh, I James totally Franco. Agree. Yep. He got fucked. He got so fucked. What about the, that representative who didn't do anything and that doctor was lying against him? Oh, I forget. Um, that whole thing that happened like a year ago. Kavanaugh. Yeah, but it was the, the, the main witness. She was found to be not telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She even came out and said, yeah, I lied about a couple of things. And yeah. it's like, you can't do that. Yeah, so... You ruined his whole reputation. Yes. And like, I know like how he acted in the courtroom was not professional at all. Him screaming or like getting like violently upset. But it's like at the same time, man, like, have you never gotten into like a an argument where like you are legitimately telling the truth and nobody's believing you to where you just start screaming and start like almost crying. Cause you're just like, why won't anybody believe me? Right. It's kind of like how he was and I'm not sticking up for him. Maybe he did do some weird shit. I don't know, but it's just, it, she loses so much credibility and that story just went silent and disappeared mm-hmm. after that. It wasn't like an apology thing for him nope. at all. It just went silent and we're like, all right, on to the next thing. That's not right. That's not right. James Franco, that's not right. Like, the woman was in a fucking acting class. Like, and he was teaching them how to do sex scenes in an acting class because he said it's the most awkward thing to film. Do you think Seth Rogen would be best friends with a piece of shit? Nope. I think he would call that piece of shit out and be like, dude, you're a pedophile. (laughs) Dude, you're a molester. Aziz Ansari, his career hasn't been the same. Nope. Um, But, But before, you know... Getting all upset about that kind wait, of shit. Wait, hold on. I got one more. Oh, okay. Sorry. This one's weird. This one is weird. Women came out against Louis C.K. Remember that? That's kind of the one that jump-started everything. Yes. Because he was jerking off in front of women. It yes. was weird. All three women that came out against him all said they gave their consent to him. And it's like, oh, this is where I, this is where I kind of like, if they gave their consent and they admitted to giving consent... He shouldn't be... He's weird. What he's doing is creepy. But you're not doing anything wrong. But if they gave their consent, what's he doing wrong then? It's not like he, like, cornered them and, like, did it and just started doing it in front of them without asking. He actually asked them. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. I'm not... That's so weird because I'm not sticking up for him because it's fucking weird. I would never just okay. Randomly no, don't ask say somebody. don't say shit like that's weird because everybody's got their things. They do. Everybody's they, got their things. So they, they do. I try to not to be judgmental of right, but this what was, you get off on right. But this was like when they first met. It's just I, yeah. It's it's I'm sorry. It's like, not it's not the I'm not going to go normal out a, cup of tea. I'm not going to go out on a first date and be like, hey, can I jerk off in front of you? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, sorry, just not going to do that. Um, but I'm just saying the the. The courage that she had to come forward to go against Marilyn Manson, one of the most popular artists of yeah. our generation, to say he is physical and I don't mm-hmm. like it, and we're you know that's credited to the people that came before her. Right. So right, just just throwing that out there. Right, all right, and that was your face and heel of the week.
It was. Put the little bonus on top of the little. Always got to throw your bonus cream on, there. on it. Are you me tooing me? Uh, no. Good. Because you ain't going to get this dick again if you do. All right, moving on. All right, before we get into our final thing of the show today, uh, Songs of the Week, we're going to end with Songs of the Week for the first, maybe, is this the first, first time? First time? It's the first time we we're ever going to end with Songs of the yeah, Week? Yeah, I, I think so. This is strange for me. Right? Um, yeah, it is weird. Um, but before we get into that, let's hear a quick word from our boy, our sponsor, Mr. Kyle Fauché with the Going Off Topic podcast. What's up, everybody? Kyle Fauché here to tell you about my brand new podcast. The Going Off Topic podcast brought to you by the Anything But Credible Network. On Going Off Topic, I look at all forms of media from different real and theoretical angles that you don't usually hear about. From movies to TV to music to sports to gaming to anything really. You never know what the topic will be, but you're guaranteed a new angle and a different conversation about it, that's for sure. You can find Going Off Topic anywhere and everywhere that you get your podcasts. Check out our social media feeds on Facebook, Going Off Topic with Kyle Fauché on Twitter, going underscore off underscore topic. And don't forget about anythingbutcredible.com where you can find everything for the pod, including the written blog post. That's right. We're carrying over the Going Off Topic blog to anythingbutcredible.com too. So check it all out there and I'll catch you on the next topic. I'm just never not going to play this song. Is it just going to become part of our you know what? Podcast. Is this the song of the week theme song? I think it is. <laughs> it's official. Tarzan Boy is the song of, songs of the week theme song. Is that better or worse than what you did? What I love about it, I think the reason why I love it so much, because it reminds me of Gloria from the Blues. Mm-hmm. It remind it's such a unique and like just a total '80s song that just came out of the blue, just came out of nowhere, and is now it's be, it's going it's gonna go viral. If oh, the Edmonton sure. Oilers keep using it, it's gonna go viral. Uh, AEW fans have made it go viral within the wrestling community, but hockey is gonna. It's such a hockey. It's such a hockey thing. It is totally a hockey yeah. thing. I think even like before the Oilers started using it, I think the reason why I liked it so much was because it reminded me of Gloria. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. this is fucking great, fucking great. Um, but yeah, songs of the week. Make sure to go check out our playlist exclusively on Spotify. Defender presents songs of the week, which I need to update. What is wrong with you? I always do this with Songs of the Week. Like, I get on top of it, and then when I get out of the... Well, we want a month without doing it. So it should be updated. I know. I just need to update it. Just send me alone. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, my fir- Well, my whole theme of my five songs of oh, the week... By the way, you should say two songs in a row because... You have an actual... Bonus! No, I'm good. we're going to play two songs at the end of the episode today because I have two songs of Songs of the Week that I want to be played. In its entirety. Okay. So my whole um, vibe today is the songs that I used to listen to in high school. They used to be like, man, I'm a bad motherfucker, okay? Like, 
going to all the uh, warp tours and point fest and all that shit. Okay. Uh, so first is Breath by Breaking Benjamin. That whole album is like one I listen to on repeat. That Why that song is on. Think of how that song goes. I used to listen to Breaking Benjamin all the time. I know, and they like kind of fell away. Like they're not really. Well, they cool totally. Anymore. Well, that style of music isn't popular. Yeah. So here, this is what it sounds like. My firefly. Okay. Yeah. 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 My firefly. So that's my my first one. My second one is Cowboys from Hell by Pantera. Nice. Yeah. Holy shit. That's what I used to listen to. Like all the time. That used to be the blues uh, power play song. Every time that uh, we would go on the power plays, like that was always a thing. And for the longest time as a little kid, obviously before the internet, I had no idea what that song was. And my uncle was never like a big... I couldn't ask my grandpa because he obviously had... Mm, he likes the Beatles. Yeah, he just likes the Beatles and that's it. Um, <laughs> actually, take that back. He likes Beatles, Queen, and U2. Those are his three bands. He likes um, British uh, musicians. He, he does. Nothing wrong with... I mean, they're the best. British and European. Yeah. Um, but that song, my uncle, he was always like, fuck, who does sing this? Who sings this? Who sings this? And I remember going to the game one time with my dad and I was just like, who is this? He's like, oh, it's Pantera. I'm like, of course you know. <laughs> I should have asked you the whole time. Yeah. No, that kind of like heavy, heavy guitars, um, heavy drums. That was like, that is probably my favorite genre. I I know we've been like, I, someone asked me, was it Corey that asked me like what my favorite genre was? No, it was, no, it was either Fauché or when we did the. Oh, it was, yeah, it was totally, it was, it was Dugan, I think. Yeah, it was, I think Dugan. It was Dugan. He was like, what's your favorite Dugan genre? Dugan always has good questions. And I was like, I don't really have one, but I, as I've been thinking about this more and more, it's like that. Heavy metal, like, that's why I like Ozzy Osbourne so fuck, fucking much. That's why I like Black Sabbath. That's why I like Metallica and Breaking right. Benjamin and, uh, who, not Post Malone. Is it Post Malone? Ozzy who just, Osbourne? No, who just came out with and collaborated with Ozzy Osbourne? Post Malone. There was another one, too. It was, no, it was just Post Malone. It was totally just Post Malone. Yeah, and there was someone else. I it's okay. It's fine. It's a rain. But that's my kind of style, so Yeah. Um my first song this week is This blew my mind. Okay, everybody it's it's very clear that I know music, right? And mm-hmm. especially music from the nineties and eighties. Like I love that's my favorite. Um I love the Beatles. Love the Beatles. I had no idea this song was by George Harrison. I feel so fucking stupid. I feel so <laughs> fucking stupid that this was a Beatle. Because I've heard this song so many fucking times. And it came on Spotify the other day because I was just listening to Paul McCartney uh, in Wings, Jet. You know, Jet. Ooh, woo, That song? Yeah. Uh, it started playing like Jet Radio, basically. And... Um, this song came on that radio station and I was like, Oh, I haven't heard this song in a while. Who sings this? And I looked at it and I was like, it's fucking George Harrison. How did I not know this? Like, how the fuck did I not know this? And then I realized that because like my grandpa only listened to McCartney and Lennon, he like never really dove into George Harrison 
like stuff. Mm-hmm. So I only really knew, and Ringo's just Ringo. He just Ringo just was lucky he wrote to a be song about an octopus. He was lucky to be in the band. Yeah. I like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. That's his best written song for poor, the Beatles. Poor Ringo, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but no, he had a lot more to compete with. Okay, George Harrison's "Got My Mind Set on You" is my number one. Is my Got first song this week. I had no idea that was George. I feel so fucking stupid that I didn't know that. Like that that blows my mind. At a time where I thought I was done discovering like old music, like or who sings it. Like there was like when I was first when I was a kid discovering like YouTube and be like, oh, I didn't, that's his YouTube. Like shit, I like so many of their songs. That's how I felt. I was like, holy shit, how do they not fucking know that this was George Harrison? I feel so stu- I feel like a fraud. I feel like such a fraud. I was today years old when I learned. <laughs> I feel like such a fucking fraud that I found out that that was George Harrison the other day. I didn't know it was George Harrison. Well, that, you're not surprised. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> What's your next song? Um, My next song is Welcome Home from Coheed and Cambria. Dun, 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 bam, old NXT theme song. Dun, 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 the song is good. Dun. I actually, um, we had to have a parent's friend. <laughs> Drive us to the, uh, what's down at the loop? The pageant? Yeah. And because it was like a massive fucking snowstorm. So we were all supposed to go. We're all like 16, 17 to go see them. Mm-hmm. And it was like literally icing. And we're like, no. But the cool parents were like, we got you. We'll right. take you there. So we ended up being able to go see them, which nice. was fucking awesome. Nice. Um, my next song, uh, I'm going to keep it in the realm of the Beatles, is by Paul McCartney and Wings. And the song is Let Em In. Let him in. Such a good song. Let it be. No, let him in. Do you know how it goes? Not from your description. No. It is probably. I would. I would have to say this is probably Paul McCartney's most underrated like song of his that doesn't get a lot of recognition because he has so many as it is. Right. He's got so many hits. Right. And he has. You know. He possesses people during Christmas and stuff. But. uh Calls up on the witches. Yeah, it's a song. Okay. Someone's knocking at the door. That used to be my doorbell. It's just such a good song. It is like, a good song. So creative. It's like they may say the same lyrics over and over, but that's some... the Beatles. Don't get fucking mad about Let it. That's what they did. That's their style. Yeah. I will say, I think Lennon did his own thing and made his own sound. Uh, Harrison made his own sound. Paul McCartney, I think, is the. I think the reason why I'm more of a Paul McCartney fan is obviously because of my grandpa, because he stuck with McCartney after the Beatles. But Paul McCartney, I think, is the closest thing that sounds like the Beatles. He still came up with his own sound as well, but he is the closest... His music was the closest thing that sounded like the Beatles. It's probably because it was his... He had maybe a lot more influence. Him and Lennon mm -hmm. totally were the leaders of the Beatles, without a shadow of a doubt. But I'm saying his style might have been the one that... Right. 
And then you had George Harrison who had like wrote like my my guitar gently weeps and that song is just fucking so good. It's good. You ready for me? We mine? should do a Beatles podcast like oh, I did you too. We could do that. I like the Beatles. Do a Queen one as well. Queen. Quan. 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 Craps. Right. My number four is My Curse by Kill Switch Engage. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I actually crowd surfed to that song. Kill Switch Engage, fun fact, did CM Punk's theme song uh, when CM Punk first debuted for WWE. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They're badass. Yeah, they're awesome. They're so badass. And happy Black History Month because their lead singer is black. Really? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. I forget his name. Is, it, is he really? Yeah. Because, uh, fun fact, uh, CM Punk's second song after when he beat Cena and like left with the title... Remember, he came back with uh, Cult of a Personality, right? Remember? Look in my eyes. What do you see? Cult of Personality. Oh, I'm thinking of someone. I was going to say, I don't think he is. Who am I thinking of? Seven Dust. uh, Their lead singer. Who? Seven Dust's lead singer. No, I thought it was fucking Kill. Yeah, no, look, look. Yeah, X Kill Switch. Okay, so I guess my Kill Switch. Engaged generation. Yeah, his name is Howard Jones. Oh, well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just saying like that's uh, it's it's just weird because I don't know if he did the the WWE song. I don't know how long he was with the band for, but uh, if he did do that, in Living Colors, they're all black, right? Yeah, like they did CM Punk. So CM mm-hmm. Punk had two songs by two black artists. Yeah, that's cool. Who like if you listen to the song, you I don't think like. Like people, I don't think they would ever know, you know, unless they saw him live. Right. That's the thing is like, like you don't ever expect, I don't know. I love that shit. Like Seven Dust, that one blew my mind. You know, Howard Jones, um, he, I guess he's no longer the, I, I don't keep up, I guess. <laughs> I don't listen to New Kill Switch Engage, just the old shit. But yeah, he's like a, a black artist and you would mm. never, you would never, I don't know why that's important, but it is. No, it's. It's just yeah, like it, that you would never know or never think. And it's like, yeah, give them the fucking mm-hmm. recognition. Make right. sure. I don't know. It's just cool. It's just really fucking right. cool. Um, well, it's just cool because it's like that genre is full of white people, white people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, so when you see that, when you see a black person as a lead singer, it's just unique and it's fucking cool. Like mm-hmm. it's fucking awesome to yep. see. Um, but yeah, I, God, that, that's cool because CM Punk had that Kill Switch Engage song for his entire first run in WWE leading up to when he didn't re-sign with WWE mm-hmm. and then they had him win the championship and he actually re-signed the contract that night. But he went off TV for like a week or two, came back with then Cult of a Personality, which was his theme song on Ring of Honor and in the indies and stuff. Uh, CM Punk, I don't necessarily like you, but I can admit that like he's awesome. You're you're thinking about other things other than yourself. He's fucking awesome. When you when it comes to like promoting your shit, like yeah. you're not just thinking about yourself. See, no, you you don't like Punk because <laughs> unfortunately, the first thing you ever saw of Punk was his podcast with Colt Cabana. I think so. Yeah, and he does sound extremely bitchy in that podcast. But ever since then, Punk is cool as shit, dude. He is awesome. Everybody else loves him, so maybe I don't know. I just need to like. I mean, how cool was he at Starcast? Again. How he was like humble cool. he was, and was he like was. he wasn't talking bad about WWE. He changed at that point. my mind. Right. 
And dude, I'm a fucking Scorpio. I'm bitchy as shit. <laughs> I feel like CM Punk is a fucking Scorpio. Maybe that's why I don't like him as much. Right. Because I'm like, I'm the only uh, one that's allowed to bitch. <laughs> uh, my next song, my third song this week, uh, is a song off the new Spider-Man game, Spider-Man Miles Morales, which I beat in two days on the PlayStation 5. Uh, the game is fucking awesome. What I didn't know during the whole time you're playing it, the soundtrack to that game is fucking awesome. It is so fucking awesome. Um, and I didn't realize that Jaden Smith basically did the entire soundtrack. Really? Yeah. And I'm not the biggest fan of Jaden Smith. I think he's kind of a douche. Just, yeah, I don't think so. I think he's just living his life and getting I shit on he, by I the media. I think he gets shit on for, for no reason. I do think that. But there's a couple things here and there. I'm just like, ah, stop that. <laughs> don't do that. That's your but, mother. <laughs> but. That's Jada I had, coming out. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck Jada. I hate Jada. That's Pinkett not your Smith. father. I fucking, yeah, that's not Will. That's Jada. <laughs> Fuck Jada. I cannot stand Jada Pinkett Smith. I've always hated her, and people are like, why do you hate her? And then all that shit came that out about red her. fucking red table. All that shit came out about her last year. I'm like, I fucking called it. I didn't, never trusted this bitch. Never trusted her. She sucked in the Matrix. That should have been Aaliyah. R.I.P. Aaliyah. That should have been you. Ugh. I hate Jada. I hate her so much. Fucking Will, get out of that. It's so toxic, Will. I love you. Get out of that. Save your kids. No shit. But anyway. Yeah, but Jaden Smith did the whole... Basically, he did like four or five songs for the game, which I had no idea that he did. So what, what's oh, the on. style of songs, so it's It's kind of like Kid Cudi. Okay. And Kid Cudi is in the song with him. So it's Jaden cool. Smith and Kid Cudi, and the song is called On My Own. It's fucking so good. It is so good. And... I know uh, Jane Smith did a bunch of stuff with uh, Childish Gambino recently too. So, Ooh. so um, is he like a rapper or a singer or both? He's, I would actually, I mean, he's both for sure. But I'd actually put him under poet. Like some of the stuff, like that, a lyrical poet. Yeah, like okay. some of the stuff that he says, man, it really just makes you think. Like, like he is like Gambino. He's I, okay. I will say, Jane Smith is totally growing on me. Like, I like actually, I'm starting to really like Jane Smith. Cool. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Like Chance the Rapper, kind of He's totally of like... doing something different than his dad did. Cool. He's not trying to follow in his dad's footsteps. He's doing his own thing, which I really have to appreciate. Because I think there's too many people out there who are second-generation entertainers who try to do the exact same thing that their like parents do. And it's like, now do you do your own thing. Make your own name. And I, I think he's totally doing that. So what's your fifth and final song? My fifth and final is... Um... Shipping Up to Boston by Dropkick Murphys. I think you picked this before. I looked on the offended uh, playlist and it's not fucking there. Really? Well, nice, good song. Uh, This next song, I'm surprised, wasn't on the offended playlist. Um, So for the next two songs, you're going to hear both of these songs in its entirety at the end of the show. Just because I want to play them both. Because why the fuck not? It's my show. I can do whatever I want. Um, first song of your week. Today, I just was like, fuck it. I'm going to go get a tattoo today. And I did that. I got a tattoo I've been wanting for the last, like, five years. Maybe even longer than that. Final, a while. I finally got my David Bowie tattoo I've been talking about. I got it on my uh, left forearm. It looks fucking awesome. It's bandaged up right now. So my first song of the week, the song of the week, is my favorite David Bowie song of all time. And that is Life on Mars. Love this fucking song. It is such a cinematic, 
has such a cinematic feel to it. it is just beautiful. It is just such a fucking beautiful song. Um, my second song of the week is from a little movie called The Goofy Movie. Ooh. Spotify finally put this on. I think I actually bitched about this not being on Spotify on an episode like this, like last year. I was like, I don't know why the Goofy Movie soundtrack's not on Spotify. It pisses me off. I think I actually said that on an episode. Well, guess what? It's on Spotify now, and the song is by Tevin Campbell and Rosie Gaines, Eye to Eye. Let's go. Eye to Eye. Literally the letters I, number two, and letter I. Eye to Eye. It's the song at the very end of the Goofy movie that they get up on stage, Goofy and his son Max. They get up on stage for Powerline. And they fucking jam that shit out. Sounds like a fucking Prince song. It's so goddamn good. It's seriously, Goofy movie is the most underrated Disney movie of all time. Probably 100%. the most, most underrated soundtrack of all time and the most underrated cartoon movie of all time. Yep. Sorry, David. It's not Hunchback Notre Dame. It's Goofy movie. Uh, if Emperor's New Groove had music, it would be on the same level as that. Emperor's New Groove is underrated, too. Mm-hmm. But they don't have music, and that's right. totally ups the level of right. top quality um, of the movie. But Eye to Eye, it's just, it's such a good song. Such a good song. So you're going to hear both of those at the end of the podcast in its entirety. And that was your Songs of the Week. Make sure to go check out our playlist exclusively on Spotify at Offender Presents Songs of the Week. And that's going to about wrap it up for us. Let's hit him with the one, two, three finish, and let's get the fuck on out of here. We got some blues hockey to watch. Did you forget about? I did. I totally forgot about one, two, three finish. I'll go. I'll go first. My number one, uh, congrats to Edge and Bianca Belair, and I guess congrats to you, Katie and Ryan Wilson, Royal Rumble winners. Congrats. Uh, My number two, um, happy Black History Month, Black Lives Matter. Uh, And my number three, what, did I take that from you? You can still say it. Okay. Jesus. My number three, the Blues are kicking ass right now. And it's, I can't, I get to go to a hockey, I get to go to a Blues game this weekend. I'm just over the moon about that. I can't, just something to do again, number one. Number two is just Blues hockey. Hockey's back. Uh, Nato getting signed to the Cardinals. Fucking New Japan Pro Wrestling on AEW. The forbidden doors open. I mean, solid fucking week. Just a solid Solid fucking week. Solid, solid, solid. There's nothing else to say, but it's just a fucking solid week. So uh, my one, two, three finish is congrats to me for winning the Royal Rumble. Woo. And two, uh, happy Black History Month. Go support local black businesses. Go support local black artists. Things of that nature. Three, way to go blues. <laughs> Todd gets to go to a blues game. We're really fucking excited. You see what I did there? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, cool. One, two, three, finish. Um, that's it. That's about wraps it up for us. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter at Offended Pod. We don't really tweet anymore. I just, it's whatever. We'll post stuff. We'll post our episodes on Twitter, but Twitter's a fucking nightmare sometimes, and I just don't deal with the fucking bullshit on there anymore. I do it on my personal page now, which you can follow me on. Trick 1042. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow Katie on uh, Twitter at Katie. Katie. Nope. Nope. It's just Naked Lady with Two Eyes. That's what that is. It's been a while. At Naked Lady with Two Eyes, you dumbass. You're welcome. You don't even tweet at all. No. So. Maybe I'll post some like boobs or something later. Maybe. Uh, make sure to go check out our playlist exclusively on Spotify at Offender Presents Songs of the Week. 
Uh, wherever you find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us just by searching Offended. Subscribe, follow, give us a five star rating, tell your friends. I don't care if they listen, just tell them to subscribe. You know, give us a five star rating. I don't give a shit, just do it, okay? Uh, you can find, uh, make sure you go check out anythingbutcredible.com for all your uh, network needs, as in Anything But Credible podcast, going off topic podcast, and of course, us offended. Again, that's anythingbutcredible.com. Check out podcastmo.com. Uh, yeah, and that about does it. It's pretty soon we will have a uh, store on Pro Wrestling Tees. Nice. Um, setting it all up. I think I got to pay like a $70 fee for like opening yeah a grand opening it's nothing um yeah i can't wait can't wait big things big things are happening i'm fucking excited yep i'm excited too 2021 i hate when people say this but it's my fucking year don't claim that shit it's not your year it's everybody's year but we're only going to be moderately excited about it well i've never said that actually so and i feel (laughs) like i've never said it and it's actually just been never been my year so i feel like if i say it now maybe it actually will be i don't know (laughs) Maybe we'll win the Stanley Cup again. Who knows? Oh, Who shut knows? up. Anyway, for for KDK Naked Lady, I am Tricky. This has been Offended, presented by the Anything But Credible Network. We will see you guys next week. And to play you out, two songs in their entirety is Eye to Eye from the Goofy Movie and Life on Mars by David Bowie. We will see you guys next week. Bye, bitches.
little mummy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a saddening for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to focus on Sailors fighting in the dance hall Still alive. 